Let's approach this one gently. I'm going to talk about active shooters. If that's a trigger for you, you might want to skip this one. Welcome to Security Today, brought to you by Sprinter Business Solutions. Sprinter has a passion for technology with a calling card of the cleanest work environments in the low-voltage industry. Sprinter IT is a robust leader in the technology sector. They lead the industry in managed services, datacom, and security, so check them out at SprinterIT.com and at SprinterDatacom on Instagram. I'm your host, the most on-target uncle in security, Uncle Bear. That's right, Uncle B-A-E-R underscore on Instagram and Twitter and at Security Today Podcast on Instagram. So give me a like and a follow and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. We're back at it for another week of security highlights and news. This week is going to strike a little less goofy of a tone as we address maybe a more sensitive topic. Our job in the security industry isn't just to attach a mag to the doorframe or collect a paycheck and run wires. We're out here saving fucking lives. And I push this all the time when I'm on my hashtag be the better tech soapbox. But the profession is on par with health professionals, emergency response and police officers. Among those professions should be the quality security designer, the security integrator, the security professional, the private security or the guard service the risk management consultant, and the security architect. If we all get on the same note and sing the same tune, we have the potential to literally make the world around us safer. And if we don't do it, no one will. Well, if we don't do it, it either won't get done or it will get done by some unmotivated wire rat that's just there to get enough money to play video games and drink on the weekends. That's a large part of the low-voltage industry, trust me. I've worked with them for years, but not us though. Not you who come back to this podcast on your way to work or while you're getting work done late or maybe throwing a line in the water. No, you're here because you care. And I know that. So trust me, I'm working on what I can do to build something that'll better your career even more than just a weekly news and highlights podcast for 20 minutes. So let's take this thing to the top. Stay tuned for more on that. But first, we got to talk about what we're going to talk about. Zero in on this with your eyeballs. There's a gun detection system that I'm going to run over for you and what they're doing to make a safer environment for the transit system. Also, Motorola makes some moves. Good moves? Bad moves? Eh, I don't know. You be the judge. Also, this is a soft spot for me on security because the overwhelming amount of complexity on the issue mixed with the awfully high amount of danger associated with this topic. But we'll get into that. First off, I want to give my weekly shout out. That's right. Every single week on this podcast, we shout out somebody on the Instagram platform who is bringing the heat in the security industry type of way. It does not always have to be a security professional. Sometimes it's in low voltage, AV, uh, IT, MSP, or sometimes it's just in your copper tech. That's right. But these people are leaders in the platform and leaders in the industry. And this week, we're going to give a shout out to at 
firstpointcoms. That's firstpoint, C-O-M-M-S. Mick Andrews from Australia is a solid follow. It's so entertaining to learn and grow from his posts and see how your industry looks through maybe the eyes of someone in a different country. He absolutely kills it in ground and copper fault finding, and you can check more out about his company at firstpointcoms.com.au. So go give him a follow and shout him out on your stories that you heard him right here on Security Today. I've been following him for a while, and he is the man. There's no... uh, There's so much crossover from security into ITAV, et cetera, that I'll just never shy away from giving a shout out to a lateral trade that's playing the same, uh, that's playing in the same closet as the security technician and killing it like Mick Andrews. So go give him a follow. Let's get into the chit chat. In case you haven't heard, Motorola is restructuring its brands a bit and it's absolving Ava security and open path access control into a Vigilon. While Motorola paid nearly $700 million for Ava and OpenPath, both of those brands, quote, will be rebranded and will join the Avigilon portfolio, end quote. I just like to think that Avigilon has some, you know, I don't know, Eastern European scientist running their stuff. The company confirmed this. Motorola said that Ava security and open path brands will be rebranded and will join the Avigilon platform and portfolio as a combined cloud-based video security and access control offering under a new name that'll be announced this month. Motorola has acquired 10 companies since last March and with a ton of money invested in this portfolio, it's risk management to the surviving of the brands and the technologies to pull some under bigger names to give them a bit of robustness to add their, to their longevity. This was an interesting move, though, with Ava and OpenPath, as those two brands have quite the name. We've talked about them several times on the TKW podcast and in Instagram Lives with Mick from Trican Security. I try to mention him every single time on the podcast. The Avigilon brand is well-established, through, though historically, first generation of Vigilon was focused on the JPEG 2000 high definition in the megapixel race to the top, the company eventually focused on differentiation through analytics and AI. Although, Avigilon doesn't quite hold the freshness that Ava and OpenPath both brought to the table. They could get some pushback from early adopters of those two brands as it might feel that they originally invested in what they originally invested in is now going away. We've talked about acquisitions before on this podcast, and it's never a great look. It might be a good choice in the long run, but this drives more existing Avigilon dealers to sell cloud products. Inter-dealer competition might become more of a tension. Avigilon has historically tightly controlled its dealer network to avoid some of this conflict, but will it be enough? And look, as I always warn against acquisitions, this absolving brings it to mind again. A lot of eggs in that nest, and it's always a couple decisions or handshakes away from rotten. But on the other side of the coin, it's going to be a dope-ass ride to the top. Just don't get comfortable enough to take off your parachute, okay? (laughs) On to the product highlight. Zero Eyes is a human-verified proactive gun detection solution that integrates into existing security cameras with a mission to stop mass shootings and gun-related violence. FBI reporting of active shooter events indicate that the vast majority, 70 to 80 percent, are typically staged with the weapon visible 
and secluded in a parking lot or a stairwell for two to 30 minutes before shot is fired. Zero Eyes AI gun detection technology works 24-7-365 to audit these spaces and alert authorities in as fast as three to five seconds when a gun is visible on camera, bringing your entire organization peace of mind. And look, in a study of 160 active shootings, it was shown that the educational environments hold the highest casualty counts. But Zero Eyes is out to stop that. As soon as a threat is detected, Zero Eyes technology generates a screen capture. The system then records information about the threat. Each time a weapon is recognized by the system, a counter within the application's user interface is recorded. This helps operators understand how many threats are present, how many weapons they have, and what kinds of weapons they are. And as soon as the weapon is detected, an alert is sent to the appropriate individuals, the security response officers, 9-11 operators, school administrators, or whoever the system is programmed to signal. Zero Eyes can be integrated into the 911 response system to allow them to notify officers who are closest to the location where the threat has been detected. Through early detection by Zero Eyes weapon detection and alert systems, first responders arrive on site faster than is possible without an early detection system. And Zero Eyes are doing some big things. For instance, Zero Eyes announced a strategic partnership with the United Safety and Survivability Corporation to increase safety and decrease gun violence on public transit. United Safety will resell Zero Eyes proactive artificial intelligence gun detection solution to its extensive customer base of public transit agencies to reduce the probability and impact of an active shooter in buses, subways, and other mass transit systems. Quote, Millions of people depend on public transportation in their everyday lives, so this escalating violence must be stopped, said Mike Lahiff, CEO of co-founder and co-founder of Zero Eyes. He continues on to say that the Southeastern Pennsylvania Transit Authority, SEPTA, recently paved the way by becoming the first major transit system to deploy our solution, and United Safety will play a crucial role in connecting us with the additional transportation agencies that are ready to take proactive steps against gun-related incidents. Zero Eyes AI was trained to detect only guns. It does not perform any facial recognition, so there's no risk of bias based on skin color or other personal characteristics. The system also does not receive, record, store, or share personal or biometric data, videos, or images of any kind. The ZOC receives images only when a brandished gun has been identified. At all other times, the security monitors remain blank. Furthermore, Zero Eyes is ISO and IEC 27001-2013 certified, verifying that all cyber protocols and controls meet rigorous international standards. So check it out if you're in a position to use something like this. Gunshot detection is close to my security heart because not speaking to freedom, there is a lot of hate, a lot of mental illness, a lot of childhood trauma that has reared a generation of spiteful, lonely, hurt people. And they're turning to a tool that can be used for good and used for bad, and they're using it for bad. So while I have a dissertation on what actually needs to change in this culture to improve lives in the way that gun violence goes down, gunshot detection is not acting as a band-aid, but as a first responder. And first in the vein of staying left of bang 
literally. This leads me to the meat of this podcast. This is something that I'm going to address lightly and swiftly. I'm not going to dig too far into what's wrong and what needs to change in our society. I won't rant on how it's been held hostage by prigs and spoil sports of politicians to push agendas and get votes. And maybe in the future, I'll expand on the topic in a deep dive. Probably not. Or address a different facet of the issue of the active shooter. But for now, I found this article by Michael Dorn in the School Security and Safety Handout with SSI Mag from Endeavor Media. It's titled, How Dangerous School Active Shooter Myths Can Increase Casualties. Schools must be able to identify and implement proper training procedures and policy to make security work. He starts the article with a horrifying account that he deems all too real, even in our current climate, and he opens with, Upon hearing the instructions to the lockdown, a teacher and a student move briskly to place chairs, desks, and tables in front of the door to the classroom to prevent the active shooter from forcing entry into their classroom. Next, the students and teachers arm themselves with books and other objects to throw at the attacker's face and prepare to swarm the attacker. Sadly, This is not just a hypothetical situation of how some schools with the best intentions are spending precious time, energy, and budget to increase rather than decrease the risk of harm to students and staff. There are a number of active shooter programs that are out there and being pitched that include instructions and scenarios like the one just mentioned. But it is the instruction like this that Dorn who has been shown through his experience of providing post-incident assistance for 23 active assailant and targeted shootings in K-12 schools in three countries, that these tactics clearly increase rather than decrease the danger to students and staff. So how? Well, Dorn breaks it down. Training and creating well-practiced teachers and students to barricade in this fashion, they've found that it takes an average of more than 120 seconds to accomplish, which takes longer and leaves innocent people more exposed than it took the attacker at Majory Stoneman Douglas High School to shoot his first 24 victims. Active shooters have changed the playing field of security and educational environments. The lockdown barricade training has been widely accepted as Bible. And while being able to stop access through locked doors and route shooters is an assist in an overall strategy, the reality is that there has only ever been one K-12 school shooting in the United States where an attacker has forced entry into a locked classroom and subsequently killed occupants. Only once. The National Institute of Justice found that more than 50% of people shot on K through 12 school campuses around the country in the last 24 or 25 years, more than 650 that occurred were outdoors when they were shot. And this is a tough topic to approach methodically because of the innumerable emotions that flood and bury every event that happens. Security has thrown everything but the kitchen sink at this topic to try to find a solution. From oversimplified and can you know candid emergency preparedness plans or emergency phone apps, emergency door locking devices, gunshot detection systems like the one mentioned, wearable panic buttons, and these are just some of the myriad of solutions that have been sold. Now there has been some holes, some things not working as advertised or 
have malfunctioned or proven not as effective as they thought prior. Some of these technologies have uh, been costly too. One extremely expensive wearable duress button system incurred a yearly cost close to the initial installation cost for a Pennsylvania school. (laughs) Over time, this becomes a risk to the fiscal and staff resources, and it hurts really more than it helps. On top of that, technology solutions that don't work are increasingly being used as powerful objective evidence against school officials in litigation. So Dorn points out that, quote, One of the most critical observations derived from our more than seven decades working full-time in the field is that many of the perceptions surrounding school safety are seriously out of balance with reality, end quote. A point that Dorn addresses is that severe disconnect between perceptions and facts that have given birth to the common refrain that there is a epidemic of school shootings. He addresses that An epidemic traditionally defines a dramatic and rapid increase over a short period of time, but to be historically accurate, we would have to see an increase of thousands of school shootings in just one or two school years to be deemed something as a health crisis, like epidemic. Now, obviously, one is too many, but this rhetoric does push a flash flood of fear, and this topic is something that if we are going to get it right, we need to approach it methodically and succinctly. I have no solid ready-to-implement answers here on this podcast, and he didn't really provide them in the article either, but that's not what this segment is for, and I don't think that that's what the article was for. We have to think differently about our approach to this topic because this continues to happen, and our instruction is the same. And that's not how you remedy or mitigate an issue. If it continues to happen and you give the same instruction. Now, obviously, there are social complexities to this problem, like I said before, that would take hours to even address the tip of the iceberg, let alone find a solution for it. But Dorn's words resonate when he says that comprehensive, locally tailored, assessment-based and data-driven solutions to school safety may not make good media sound bites or be easy to implement, but they are the most efficient way to create safe, welcoming, and effective schools. Now, the FBI, I saw this week, put out their first video of, uh, I guess you could say, warning or instruction on mass shootings. They weren't directed at schools, but they're following the procedure of run, hide, fight. And you can see it on my LinkedIn uh, if, you're, if you're up with me there. but Or you can just check it out on YouTube. This is finally a method and an instructional video that is actually giving some sort of strategy to the, to the manner. Because it is something that we all need to be thinking about. Unfortunately, it's something that, well, school children have to think about as well. But that's where the emotions begin to flood in. We need to make sure that we're prepared in those situations to run, hide, and fight, to help others get out of the situation. If running isn't an option, then we know how to address people and be like, come here, hide in here. Or if fighting is an issue, you can point to people and say, okay, I go for the gun, you go for the arms, you go for the face. And these are the sorts of preparedness that are going to help in these events kill the threat 
quickly without actually having to kill the person who's bringing the threat. Because it is far too often that self-inflicted wounds take away from ever really finding justice on this point when people who are hurt and lonely and decide to act out in this way take themselves before justice can serve. This is a hard topic to talk about, but I want it to be in your mind. And I I especially want it to be out there with people who are having to either consult or design or do something like that in environments like this. Gunshot detection systems like Zero Eyes will help. They will be that assist. Getting that response as quick as possible is going to help the situation. Knowing an effective plan of run, hide, fight, that will help. And if we can begin to really implement things into the moment and right before the moment, staying left of bang and redirecting it, if we can implement those things, then maybe we can get our heads above water and catch a breath for a minute to really start to address the big issues in our society. I don't want to rant on it. So that's it for security today. Subscribe, like, and follow. Remember, this podcast is brought to you by Sprinter Business Solutions, where secure IT isn't a marathon, it's a sprint. So check them out on Instagram at SprinterDatacom. They do have some employment opportunities for you right now if you want to slide into their DMs. And sometime this week, if you do me a favor and just find somebody in the industry and be like, hey, are you listening to Security Today podcast? Because that is the stuff that is going to take you to the next top, baby. So get them hooked. Let's build a download list that I can just start firing stuff out to. You know what I'm saying? So remember to follow and, uh, and, and, and on Instagram, my dude at first point comms, Mick Andrews, give him a follow, give him a like, and don't forget uncle bear is a proud member of the TKW community. So check them out at tech knowledge worldwide. That's T E K N O W L E D G E W W on Instagram and DM them on how to join. I don't lie to you as your uncle in security, right? This community holds some of the silent titans in the game. Out there on the front lines doing the cleanest installs. The best of the best, baby. They're the best you can find in the low volt nation. And I promise that. (laughs) How many weeks will he do this? (laughs) Ha ha, deuces.